0: I am unashamed. What about you?
1: All right, so here we are. We're on unashamed. First of all, Dad, we're uh, today we're minus Jace. So all the Jace haters will be so happy that they won't have to listen to him interrupt you uh, endlessly drone. <laughs> I mean, there was there's a part of our <laughs> loving unashamed notice that Jace is like getting on their last nerve. I'm like, well, welcome to my world. You know, Jace is a what do you say about him day? He's never gonna run out of stories. Well, <coughs>
0: I, I nicknamed him Lone Wolf McQuaid. He's got a he's he's a he's a he's a lone prowler. <laughs> but he's a good Bible, man. I he is a good Bible, man.
1: One day we were hunting and uh he had gone out ahead of us to set the decoy stuff out, and we went home for lunch. It was an all-day, you know, so we went home, mom had cooked lunch, we ate lunch, and we were bringing him some food. So he'd been out there a couple hours, I guess, and I pull up and he said Man, that's the best company I've had all duck season. And I was like, <laughs> By yourself? And he said, Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. So long one for quay. In Jace's place, we had to get not one but two. We had we'd had a twofer to replace Jace. Uh, the Benham brothers, uh, Jason and David Benham, what a blessing. Welcome to Unashamed. Hey, thanks, man. Hey, yeah. listen, I'll tell you,
2: in Jace's place, you've got Jason Benham, my brother. Yeah. He's horrible. And let me just tell you, it's a <laughs> major <Benham>. step up
1: <laughs> from Jace Robertson. <laughs> when I listen to these two, it reminds me a lot of Willie and Jace because they're kind yeah. of the same Dude, I will punch both of them. <laughs> <laughs> so the Benhams, so uh, I call them, Dad, two live wires for Jesus. Yep. Uh, you and I have crossed paths a couple of times with them. One time we were in Houston uh, when the mayor of Houston decided it was a lesbian woman. I guess that's redundant. A a lesbian. Well, I don't know. These days maybe. A lesbian woman. Who knows? Who are Uh, you to judge what her gender (laughs) is? Because she was proud. She decided that she was going to have to censor pastors' sermons to make sure they weren't leaving out or putting in the wrong things or saying the wrong things. So there was an outcry. Around the country, and uh, and so uh, we went down there. You guys were there, we were there, Governor yeah. Huckabee was there, Tony Perkins, a lot of people, and we just showed up and did a big rally. and There were 10,000, maybe oh, huh? yeah, 90,000 online, yeah. And uh, we basically just to- told you know, every anybody that would listen about that. This was still America, uh, you know, we thought, and and so, and of course, all that along with everything else, she, of course. Walked all that back and backed it up, but uh, you know they make those little incursions like that. That's that's what is yeah. evil one mm-hmm. here or there, just an incursion. If you don't meet it with, you know, oh, yeah. the force of of God and the Word of God, that's right? You 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 succumb.
2: Can I can I preach for for one second? Oh yeah, Second Corinthians ten, the Word of God tells us that the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but are mighty for the pulling down of strongholds, and we demolish. That word demolish, like destroy. Every vain thing that sets itself against the knowledge of God. The word vain thing is logismos, which it means any reasoning or questioning or argument against the knowledge of God. And so what's the knowledge of God when it comes to gender, marriage, human sexuality, when it comes to even a pastor preaching in total freedom the word of God? That's what he's supposed to do. So anything that comes against that, we have to demolish it. That's right, and that's that's been an issue today in, in our culture today is that we have uh, a lot of believers that we've been taught by many of our celebrity preachers. Well, you just don't touch those veins. Well, you things. don't demolish it. You converse with it. Yeah, and find as you're common converse, ground. Yeah. Oh,
1: that's so good because what's to say now? Oh, we need to have a conversation. Conversation. About that. Let's have a, And I keep yeah. thinking, well, there's a lot of conversation going on, but nothing's getting decided. Yeah, except
2: right. we seem to be going further off the cliff. You're not arriving at truth. That's the goal of conversation is to arrive at truth. So right. when when a kingdom man or kingdom woman enters into a conversation, the goal is to arrive at truth. And if that's not your goal, you got a big problem. Now I'm not saying we walk around with truth written all over our heads and you know, bashing, no, but we're people supposed to live it out. But but as we live it out, you know, as you're having people, we we tell people all the time, our dad baptized Norma McCorvey. And we'll tell you a little bit about the story, I guess, at yeah. some point. Yeah. Uh, the, the Jane Roe and the Roe versus Wade Supreme Court case. But we, uh, he also baptized her lesbian partner, Connie, who got saved. And then a week after that, we moved Norma out of Connie's house with a U-Haul pickup truck. So Dad explained to her that your faith now has to now has to, you know, your theology, your thoughts about God, now have to manifest into biography in the way that you live your life. <sighs> And that was a conversation he had but with both of them. Dad
1: I, has them all the time. <laughs> all the time. <laughs> I mean, somebody will show up here, and they're living together. Yep. And, and they, want to, they want to know about Jesus. And so you take them through the whole process, sure. the gospel. But then also, like, you can't stay living together. That's, That's not right. what this, the Word says. And it yeah. explains, explain, you know, it's the life that goes with you know, what we teach.
0: We married quite a few of them in our living room.
1: Yeah. Wow. Right mm. if you're, right, well, so.
0: you know, it's going to be expensive. I said, no, we don't charge anything. We just marry you and you're good to go. Wow. <laughs> I love that. We'll so, by the way, because so, I we'll know people. We'll have a little meal, we'll cook it and we'll come in, we'll baptize you and then we'll marry you. We've, we've literally baptized them and married them on the same the same event. Whoa, um, that's pom, great. Pom. I love it. Married and, to Jesus, married to each other. Good to go. Good then, to go. And Dad <laughs> now off you go. Dad
1: doesn't do wedding Dad doesn't do weddings. So because our audience is going to ask, there's another guy, local guy that comes down to local this guy. Way. I want to let people know. Yeah, I basically got a thousand requests. I actually Dad's did that. think I was going to say Phil.
2: Now you're you're doing the weddings. No, no, <laughs> no. no, no.
1: Dad, he, but he a, he will be uh, there at the proceedings. I'm not well. a uh, what's
0: the word? I'm not ordained. A ordained? Minister?
1: Minister. No. Right. He's just a John the Baptist. So um, he eats strange things. He looks strange, and he points people to Jesus. That's John the Baptist. Yeah. You know I mean, right? And he's yeah. got a big
2: bicep, too. Yeah, he, he does. does. Yeah. Although it's self. half of what it used to be. <laughs>
0: I'm not the man I used to be. The resurrection with each <laughs> passing day is looming much larger. <laughs> I'm 74 looking around like I'm running like a racehorse around here, these younger bucks. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we have been doing a lot today. So we were, <clears throat> just for the podcast audience and you know, also. so – uh dad and jep and reed <clears throat> and mom uh, did I am second which you guys have seen yeah, I am second uh-huh. because they're great basically just kind of take your story and bring it down to about a you know 10 or so minute video and so dad shared the gospel in there and the other two talked about being prodigals you know and, mm. and coming back to the lord and um, I don't know if I told you this dad but there's been about 10 million views Really? Uh, of that one video. And really? I thought, you know, who knows how many people that impacted for That's Christ. Right. You know, a lot incredible. of people look for it. So they came back in town today, uh, and they did uh, one, They did my story today, and then, or mine and Lisa's story, and then they did an update for Mom and Dad, and then Phyllis, our sister, is doing hers as we speak across the street. Uh, and then Lisa's going to go. So there's a lot going on, which is why Dad was talking about running like a racehorse today, which he is. So I want you guys to tell the first time I met you guys, Um, we were at an event in D.C. uh, um, MRC was doing like an awards dinner. Was it Media Media Research Center? Media (laughs) Research Council. Right, right. Center. Center. Right. There, you may be. No, that's right, because Family Research Council Media Research Center.
2: Was doing something at the same weekend, but we met at the MRC right, thing. Exactly. first.
1: So, so we met these guys in the, in the green room, and you meet a lot of interesting people in the green room. Yeah. But right off the – of course, I'm wearing camo, which totally yeah. got y'all's attention because they wanted me to wear camo. I was, like, introducing some segment. These guys were actually getting an award um, yeah. for what I want to talk about next. But it was just the first time I met y'all, I mean, there was just a connection. I mean, we were having fun and all that, and your wives were there, and Lisa was there. But uh, I think we went and got coffee afterwards, and then the next time we spent more time together. And I was like, man, these guys are going to really be amazing. The reason you were getting the award, though, is because basically you two were the first to be canceled that I know of in the cancel culture. It's been a few years back. Now it just happens every day. It was more rare then. It was kind of after our deal. They'd gone after Dad. And, and they tried to cancel, you know, they put him on indefinite hiatus uh, that lasted nine days until they realized. They I said, well, we actually
0: didn't fire you. And I said, I looked up indefinite hiatus. That means not
1: part of the program. <laughs> <laughs> so they were trying to find a nice way to cancel that, but they weren't able to do it. Although it's it really we, and I guess you could say the same about Chick Fil A was a little bit before that, so all yeah. that was kind of happening at the same time. So you, tell tell our audience yeah. that that don't know yeah. you what happened and kind of how that went down because yeah, that, so that intrigued is, me. That was this, what drew us together. This is
2: before the hashtag cancel culture or even you know now the newer social shaming. You know, if yeah. you don't believe, according to the radical left, well, then they'll just socially shame you at, at every level. Well, so uh, I'm David, for those of you that aren't paying attention. I'm, I'm, <laughs> Good I'm luck. the guy that's much more muscular than this little weakling <laughs> sitting yeah. next to me. He wears Named a medium. I'm <laughs> still in an XL. Whatever. <laughs> See, I told you he'd interrupt. This is the Jace uh, that's on the show. So we, um, Jason and I had started a real estate company. We played pro baseball. I was with the Red Sox. He was with the Orioles. When we got out of baseball, We relocated our families, and I was married, five kids. Jason's married, four kids. We live five doors down from each other. And so we started a real estate company, and we we did it based on biblical principles because our dad, uh, the night we were born, was passed out drunk on the waiting room floor. He was a saloon owner and a drunken bum. But three months after we were born, he met Jesus. Jesus saved him radically, completely changed his life, and uh, he surrendered his life to full-time ministry, so he became a pastor. So all our memories are is pastor, dad, raised in the church. We were athletes. Use your sports background to uh, glorify the Lord. Uh, But we weren't trained in business at all. So now here we are. Fast forward, we're married, we have kids, uh, and we've got to provide for these kiddos. And so we started a real estate company, and we applied biblical principles. That's what we did. We took the word of God. And we made it flesh in the marketplace, and we built our entire franchise company, which grew to 100 offices across 35 states. We were topping Inc. magazine, Ernst and Young, Wall Street Journal—you name it—all the business awards. We were getting it, and uh, we would tell people in the interviews, "How did they? How did you build this company?" Well, we use the principles of Scripture, and they work because God's bound boundaries lead to His blessings. And so, anyway, uh, when Jason and I at the height of our company. Uh, Started getting the phone phone calls from reality show networks or just, you know, HGTV, TLC, A&E. They they would call us and they'd say, Are you interested in reality television? And so we said, Sure, you know, whatever. This was in uh, 2013. 2013. Right about the height of 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 Duck Dynasty. We saw you guys. And at the same time that the debate over marriage being redefined by the Supreme Court was was entering yeah so so Jason and I we saw everything happening with Duck Dynasty and then the Duggars over on TLC and we were like man that's a great platform uh and uh and we let them know hey do you know we're very vocal pro-life you know who our dad is we're also very vocal pro-marriage you remember 2012 President Obama came to North Carolina our home state and he went on this campaign about how he flipped his position on marriage he had evolved according to what he was saying and And so a lot of businesses were coming out in support of that, and Jason and I, we didn't see any Christian business leaders, no celebrity Christians, really coming out in support of what God defines as marriage, and so we felt like we needed to do that, and so we did it. Now, we thought we were going to lose business. As a matter of fact, we didn't lose business. We now all of a sudden had a reality show network from, I mean, an offer from HGTV, and we got an offer from TLC. They said... We want to make you guys famous on our networks because we're seeing what's happening with the Duggars and with Duck Dynasty, and we think that this is going to be great. HGTV told us that they had just hired this family called the Gaines family <laughs> uh, for this show called Fixer Upper, and so they wanted to raise us up at the exact same time that they were going to
1: raise up the Gaines well, family. Well, I have thought about it before. You guys really – were the property brothers before that i mean i know it's a different thing but twin i mean like the concept was really y'all first and i guess that pivoted later well
2: they the property brothers had already been there but But what they wanted to do was they wanted to have us as twins but we're family guys so the property brothers were both single guys so they were already telling us about the ideas for them showing up in their bmws and david and i showing up in our dodge grand caravans with our kids Jumping out. And competing. HGTV was going to have a real good time with this. Oh, yeah. Let's take a quick break.
1: So, Jay's, did you know that the average American has 97 points they can add to their credit score and have no idea how to get them? I didn't know it. I do now. Well, now you know. ScoreMaster is the new credit science that super boosts your credit score. So, basically, you go in. If you had credit scores in the high 500s, mid 600s, you're going to buy the new car. If you'd gone... To Scoremaster first, you would have gotten 61 points higher, which basically saves you money on the loan. So uh, it's a good idea if you're about to buy something to go and check these guys out. You go to scoremaster.com slash fill. Is how you're going to find out about it. And You go in, you you check on the website, and you're going to get a bump. No doubt about it. It's going to happen because they average, I think it's about uh, 61 points. uh, By the
0: way, who's keeping up? Who ascertains what your credit score is? Some people.
1: Some people. Oh, everybody that, Some people. Well, everybody that there's a loan you wanna get a get a loan, you've got to have a credit score. Go with me on loan. this, Al. They and them. <laughs> they and them. Uh scoremaster.com slash Phil. Scoremaster.com slash Phil to get your credit score up if you need it.
2: And so David and I HGTV came in and said, don't take anything from TLC. We're, we're, gonna, we're actually going to do a show with you. We're going to bypass a pilot. We're going to do six one-hour episodes direct to TV in the fall of 2014. And so David and I were like, all right, let's do this. And they gave us all sorts of money, which the agents that we had at the time, who were the Kardashians agents. We didn't they, know that. Then. They told us that they had never seen an offer like this for reality TV for unproven talent. So we said, hey, God is doing something here. And sure enough, we signed with them, and, and then when things started but, to— But as we signed, it's, it was funny because we had just signed. We had told them all about ourselves. They had scoured the Internet. They knew everything about us. And, and it's funny because they said, hey, most of us believe just like you do. You're producers at the agency uh, here at HGTV, but we just don't talk about it. And, I mean, the reason they don't talk about it is because we've got a lot of Christians that don't talk about it. The problem- and there, there was—I remember being around a, a dinner table with the execs at HGTV, and it was, filled just after your GQ— uh, Yeah, that's what I was going to—I totally that, forgot to say Just that. after your GQ interview. And David and I—I I, I remember the execs brought it up. They said, well, what do you guys think about that? We said, well, we agree with them hundred percent. Like, he's he's actually speaking truth. Now, he says it in his Phil way, yeah. right? We might have said it a little bit different, but a hundred percent we agree with everything that he said. And and that's when David was exactly right, that all of them around the table are like, hey, yeah. we totally get it. We just, we just really don't talk about that kind of stuff. And they asked us, they basically, they didn't directly come out and say, you cannot speak about being pro-life or about pro-marriage or about human sexuality or any of these things. They didn't say it outright, but they said... We're about to make you guys famous and put you in front of millions of people. Could you just kind of be a little bit quiet about it? Because they saw what was happening with, with Phil. Yeah. And that scared the snot out of me yeah. See, Yeah, see, like, there was very real fear there. So people got a chance to see David and I. However, it was about a year later where we got fired in front of a watching world, and we had to stand boldly. But during that conversation there at that table and a few other phone conversations after that, we felt extreme fear like a man-pleasing spirit was crawling on us and sitting so heavily on us. And what we realized during that time was that we began to focus on that platform that we wanted rather than the person who put it there in the first place. And anytime you do that, you become enslaved by that thing that you're focusing on. And that thing is oftentimes a good thing that God wants you to have. He just doesn't want you to wrap your fingers around it. Mm -hmm. And so David and I felt that fear. And by God's grace, this is why it's so good to go to church. By God's grace, there were other men in our lives that that could read our mail and they knew and one pastor in particular knew that David and I were feeling that pressure and kind of experiencing fear and maybe we should be quieter maybe we should do this or that and he came up and said boys don't you know who you are you don't have to give in to fear you can you, god has raised you up for a time just like this to tear down the stronghold that is ransacking this nation so we had to deal with that fear while we were actually producing a show with HGTV we were five weeks into a film shoot. I mean, we were taking, we had cranes taking, well, I'll tell you the, the, the title of the, the show flip was it Flip It Forward, where we were teaching families how to flip houses. And they were letting, it's, it's cool because when we signed with HG, because they had they were in a bidding war with TLC, so finally HG goes, listen, we will allow you to incorporate your principles. We won't let you open your Bible and preach on sh- on the air, but we'll let you incorporate your principles Onto, the, onto every single show. It'll kind of be a little subplot. We'll talk about healing a marriage, or we'll talk about maybe restoration with a, a child, or, or maybe an adoption or something like that. We'll let you guys do all of that, because Jason and I, that was part of the negotiation, was yeah. we don't want to be silent about what made our company so big. We've had thousands of employees. We've done all this stuff, but it's because we do it based on principles. It's because we do it for a greater purpose than just making a bunch of money. So and we said, were, okay, we'll do it. We were five weeks into that film shoot. And like I said before, we were taking, we had cranes taking roofs off of houses, and we were doing all sorts of fun stuff. the commercials were running. David and I were like, we're not going to do your typical boring HGTV show. (laughs) You know, where the the people walk into a house and they go, ooh, this is amazing. I said, David and I, in real life, here's how we would do it. David would walk them in, and I would be in a closet in paintball gear, and I would jump out, and I would start peppering the wall with paintball. Like, that's something we would do. Well, they let us and do it. And that does not or, even surprise me yeah. in the least. <laughs> or Jason would be uh, sitting in the shower. the, the shower Fully clothed. Closed, fully clothed. And okay. he'd have a clown mask on. And I'd be like, hey, guys, come in here. Check this out. I I think this tile in here is amazing. Pull the curtain k- back. Check <laughs> it out. And they'd pull it back, and Jason would have the it clown mask on. And it I, would, you know, would freak them out. I never
1: thought about it until this moment because I hadn't heard all the details of your show because we never talked about the, what the show was. But there is nobody that was made more for reality oh TV gosh. than you two. Yeah. I mean, hey. these boys missed a big opportunity. Well, so here's, what's, I can tell.
2: here's what's funny is the, the, they, they brought us. So Chip and Joe had just finished their pilot, and it got good ratings. So they were doing their filming in Waco. They brought their showrunner over to us, and we're filming in Charlotte at the same time simultaneously. And the showrunner and his wife, are re- they were really, really good. They were stringing some of the episodes together, some of the uh, the on-the-flies and stuff after it was over with, and they were getting our wives there. And they pulled us aside and they said, guys, listen, we've been doing reality television for a long time. This show is going to absolutely be epic. It would have been amazing. We are excited. So we were five weeks in, and we got a phone call from one of the executives at HGTV, and they said, guys listen I, I, we're getting great feedback on from your sh- from showrunners and, and and our line editor on how good the show's going to be, but there's one problem we're like, mm-hmm. what they said this group called Glad have you ever heard of them you know gays and lesbians against anti whatever whatever yeah. whatever and uh david and i said oh yeah we've we've heard of them i mean they've been they've been you know stalking our dad for yeah. forever and then when David and I were vocal back. In our with. early business days about marriage, standing strong for marriage and, and life, they kind of started stalking us too. And they said, well, when Glad found out that you guys were going to get a show, they have come after us worse, I mean, it, with, and put more pressure on us to fire you boys than we've ever experienced before. And at the same time, uh, A&E had just brought Phil back. And so we said to this them, is happening at look, the exact same time. We said time. look at look at this is a 100 plus million dollar show that you've got over here at A&E and it's just generating them so much money and look at just the overwhelming support that Phil's getting. Jason and I we ain't even got beards, you know. We we're, we're like <laughs> clean-shaven good old boys here in Charlotte, North but Carolina. But th- we told them the same audience that loves Duck Dynasty is going to rave over this show. And just give that give the conservative base an opportunity to to follow in with us and they said listen we're going to stick with you guys and we said well thanks that's awesome that's awesome a week went by and they called us about every single night during that week process and they said glad won't leave us alone they they demand and they fire you they've got now another, they're threatening your your advertisers now they're threatening the endorsers and we had, we had people that were interested in Kawasaki and Hyundai and Disney World and all Everybody. of these groups that were lining up that wanted a part of the Benham Twins. And of course, the world didn't know this. This all happens behind,
1: behind the scenes, scenes right? Yeah. And, uh, Which is, by the way, where these forces work best. Yeah. Have you noticed that? It, it's the old dark things. Only the bad things happen at night yeah. in the dark because it's always behind the scenes. They That's don't right, want to yeah. be like the ones that are quietly saying, we. Well, they, oh uh, that happened just, all the
2: time they just don't want it out there so they, they were calling us and we felt so bad for these folks I mean executives from HGTV calling us and literally their voices just shaking yeah, the like, general manager can't believe this is happening called us literally crying like I cannot believe that they're they're like circling the wagons around your family I mean they, these people these activist groups they they just they start circling the wagons and they said things about our wives and our kids well and, th- well, let me back the story up for one second the, the uh, executive, like the main person over all of HG called us one night and said, I'm going to call Glad and put this to rest once and for all. I'm not going to put anything in writing, but I'm just going to tell them we're sticking with you guys. You guys are going to be stars on the network. The very next morning, our phones are like vibrating from, from texts like six o'clock in the morning. Hey, what's up with y'all's show? Hey, I didn't know y'all were getting fired. And we're like, what? What are you talking about? We're not getting fired. They said, well, look at HGTV's eight, uh, Facebook page. So we looked at that, and it said, we are reviewing the Benner Brothers show. It was one sentence. And below it were just like hundreds. hundreds of comments from people destroying me and David. And we looked in there, and as I looked down, I saw a link to a story that had been written about us that very morning, like really well, then, well, early, well, which was we a West Coast It was time. the night before that apparently glad when they got the word back from HGTV that they were sticking with me and David they tapped their friends right-wing right-wing watch on the shoulder oh, yeah. and they wrote a fake news story so David and I say we were fake news and cancel culture <laughs> before all that you stuff boys were was ahead of before your time. it became a hashtag <laughs> yeah and so they, they, they put lies and smears and said that we stood in front of a mosque screaming God hates Muslims with our Bibles over our heads. And we never been a to a mosque a day in our lives. And God doesn't hate Muslims. He loves every single one of them. And then they started calling us anti-gay and hate, women hating because we're pro-life and all of this. And HGTV called us that day and said, boys, we weren't ready for this. Well, well the they, yeah, and they had tears in their eyes. I mean, they, they really had a hard time with it. And we told them, listen, we love you. Thank you for believing in us. You, get, you, you did your best. Um, but but we, we spoke something that now looking back six years later, we know was 100% from the Lord. We said, this agenda to silence Christians, this agenda to silence the truth, because it's the truth that sets people free, this agenda will not stop. It will not stop until the first thing they're going to do is they're going to marginalize our beliefs. Then they're going to demonize us as people. And eventually, if they get their way, they're going to criminalize us as Americans. And that's exactly the path that we're on right now. So Jason and I, we did two on one interviews. We were on all the shows. And just they were coming at us like, do you guys want to apologize? I'm like, well, apologize for what? You know, and, uh, well, you hate this person. You hate this person. And we kept saying, find one thing we've ever said against an individual. One thing. Yeah. You go or, find, go rustle him up.
1: Or that you, hey, let's take another quick break. So we've been talking about that uh, being in debt is not good, um, and I've experienced it before in my life. I'm just about out. It's have. a worldwide problem. It's a worldwide problem, uh, and like I said, I've certainly been there. Lisa and I have not been the smartest of uh, uh, financial people, and you know, I worked in ministry most of my life. You don't make a lot of money there, so <laughs> you know, debt happens. So, but anyway, you get this maxed out. You got you got situations. You got to get out of debt, and uh, so one of the the sponsors of our podcast. Uh, that can help you and come up with a plan to get things paid off and then not go back in. That's the key. That's what I learned finally through the years is, is a company called Bills.com, B-I-L-L-S.com. You get a free debt assessment, uh, and then they're going to come up with a way for you to get out of debt. So we encourage you to, if you're in debt and you're being swallowed up by it and all you're paying is interest, you need to go here and uh, let these guys help you out. It's uh, bills.com Phil. That's Bills.com slash Phil to get help.
2: Um, And and this is why I want to wrap this up just by taking you back to whenever I mentioned the whole fear thing that we felt. See, during that moment when we felt that fear, long before we ever lost our show, but when we felt that it was a little bit threatened, that God had to deal with us in that moment. That there were times where David and I really did say to each other, well, maybe we could take a, a couple interviews down you know, offline so that people don't see that. Maybe we Where should. Where we do talk it. about marriage. We, or started, life. we started to talk like that. That's why we needed the rebuke from that pastor friend of ours. But what we learned from that time was that boldness, apart from brokenness, makes a bully. That God knew that he was going to put us in a situation to stand bold. But the first thing that he had to do is he had to break us of our own self sufficiency. Right. Yeah. And so once you've been broken, Oh, man, Katie, bar the door. Look, our dad used to say, only the horses broken by their master are fit to pull the king's chariot. The rest are left to pasture. Once God (laughs) breaks you of your own self-sufficiency, it's at that point that you have to stand strong and you have to stand boldly. Now, listen, the reverse is also just as devastating. That's where you're broken, but you're not bold. Well, when you're broken and you're not bold, you become a bystander. I know
0: you all have uh, read... Ephesians 6 in yeah. other words on how many times he says stand put on the full armor of God mm. so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes will not rest against flesh and blood rulers authorities powers of this dark world spiritual force of evil therefore put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes y'all saw it it'll be more mm. you may be able to Stand your ground, and after you've done everything, to stand, stand firm, then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, the breastplate of righteousness in play, with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. So, if you read that, you say, How could that be so clear? 2,000 year old writing. Mm, You're like, Man. Nothing has changed, boys. Nothing's
2: changed. It's the same spiritual battle. and That's, that's know, it. Anytime I sign the, our, our book and they say, put your favorite verse there, I write Ephesians
1: 6, the whole thing. Yeah, God. the whole thing, which is good. So so I met you guys in that setting because we were just a few months removed from that. It was still pretty fresh. Yeah. And they were giving you awards. And, of course, um, uh, Bozell, his thing is he, he basically pokes fun at the media or, yeah. or really just shows them for what they are. And so that's what the evening was about. But it's interesting because not knowing your story, and then I learned it, and I thought, man, we're we're in this thing together because, you yeah. know, I met you guys for the first time. It was interesting because you still had the platform that was built. You're still using it. It just wasn't what you thought it was going to be. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, it was something different. And you guys, we spoke together, in uh, R B or someplace, and one of you said this, and it left an impact on me. You said, if you – Hold your dreams in your hand. Yeah, mm-hmm. Make sure your hand is open. That's mm-hmm. right. And that way, if God decides to take him and do something different, you won't get hurt trying to hold on to it. That's right. And I thought that was a super great illustration and wisdom, you know, about exactly what you guys went through. Yeah, we had
2: to, we had to learn the hard way. I mean, and, and if you think about today's culture and, and the, the, the reality of the spiritual battle that is being manifest so clearly from a political, social, from an economic, and certainly from a spiritual perspective – a lot of celebrity Christians today, they aren't going to talk. They're not going to speak about the very stronghold issues that are devastating. Listen, our kids right now, our teenage kids are struggling with identity. We need to give them an identity because God creates them male and female. And if they struggle and if they have questions about that, we need to lead them to the truth and love them enough to tell them the truth. Or they struggle with their sexuality or right. what, any number of things with an unplanned pregnancy, whatever it may be, they're struggling with identity. And if we're not willing... As Christian leaders to speak the truth because that thing God gave us like I got this big book deal and if I speak about the stronghold issue and if New York Times doesn't like it they're gonna make fun of me and then I'm gonna lose my book deal or I'm gonna lose my congregation or I'm gonna lose my reality show you know that that right now we have to say I gotta die to that Jesus said if you want to be my disciple you gotta die to yourself pick up your cross follow him if you love your life you'll lose it but if you lose your life which means your platform or whatever that is that God's put in your hand. If you lose it for his sake in the gospel, you'll surely find it. Yeah, and
1: even said, if you don't hate the things of this world, those things that are insidious and that we, we try to hold on to. We were talking earlier, I wanted you to mention that. I thought that was fascinating. I wanted you to tell Dad and yeah. our audience about um, Peter and yeah. Paul in the yeah. Galatians thing. Yeah. Tell, 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 tell that one. Hey, was, can I that, just say this real quick
2: yeah. before, David, you need to, to, to share ahead. that. But during that time where David and I... Uh, had our fear moment where we almost caved and, um, and God had to get to the bottom of our man-pleasing spirit. Phil was such a, an incredible encouragement that I really do believe that God allowed that interview by GQ to take place for me and David. Wow. Like, we needed that. <laughs> like, and I, I remember our dad used that as an example about a week before HGTV called and, and, and basically said, we're getting attacked. Dad brought that article in and said, boys, you need to read this. This is a godly man. Now, they're at, they're making him look like a fool yep. it, all over the media. He said, but he's a godly man. And one day, how did Dad say He so? says, one day, God's going to cash in your chips. Yeah. God's ca- God cashed in his <laughs> chips on this old man, and he <laughs> stood strong. There was money behind <laughs> yeah. it. He did. so. That's and I wanted yeah. to make sure that your listeners knew this, that you were a hero. You know,
0: hustle. you look at things like this latest little Netflix thing. Yeah. Eleven-year-old oh, girls, crazy. yeah, gyrating me. out there. You look at that, and I'm like, uh, "That's fine. Yeah. Everybody's fine with that." I mean, yeah. where's the where's the yeah. where's the naysayers? Where are the people who say, "What well, What are you doing?" Yeah, yeah. yeah. And there so are a few. This look at there, it, but Satan, the forces of evil, they never stop. Yeah,
2: they're it, in lockstep. And here's the cool thing: that the problem is not the presence of darkness. The problem's the absence of light i don 't go to bed at night and turn darkness on. I flip light off. The only way that the Netflix gets away with that is because the light, the truth the the, the Church of Jesus Christ, first Timothy teaches us is the pillar in support of the truth yep. and if believers i 'm not just talking pastors but believers in general aren 't speaking the truth in love, well then darkness is going to prevail, and that 's yep. where we Feel find back ourselves to with Peter Paul Galatians, yeah. Because Jason and i we 've been in a lot of green rooms now we 've traveled the country, traveled the world, and we speak, and we get to speak to a lot of leaders that are not touching the strongholds they ain 't going to say anything they 'll give you a good life coaching sermon or they'll they 'll talk about something that 's just really not going to move the needle as long as it doesn 't anger the radical left they 'll speak it, but if it 's going to anger the left, you know and, and we look at Scripture where Jesus tells us give he tells the disciples, give to Caesar what is Caesar, and give to God what is God 's He never said give to Caesar what is God's. In other words, marriage belongs to God. He defines that. Human rights, life, human sexuality, all of these things, that belongs to God. We don't give that over into the political realm, and then all of a sudden our leaders now get really quiet about it. Well, that's what happened in the book of Galatians. Because we were traveling so much and speaking to so many leaders, I'm like, God, I need some scripture that shows where we are today, and the Lord brought me into the book of Galatians. And at at the time, when Paul is writing to the Galatian church... There were uh, Judaizers that had come in. These were Jewish converts that had come in, saying, "Hey, you got to get circumcised in order to be saved," and that's not true. It's just it's a it's a lie. Which was the main issue of their day? Main issue of the day. Now Peter didn't believe that. Peter didn't preach or teach that, but Peter wasn't taking a stand. And so it says in Galatians 2, Paul said, when I saw that Peter was not straightforward about the truth of the gospel, I rebuked him in the presence of all. And I believe that's where we are today. We got a bunch of Peters that are out there, a bunch of celebrity preachers and celebrity Christians that are not taking a stand. And, and it's not that they believe in gay marriage. It's not that they push transgenderism, but they're not being clear
1: about the gospel to any of it. And yep. so, so then they wound up there. Let's take another break. So we've been talking a lot on the last few podcasts about trees, but uh, it's mostly trees that have, huge trees that have fallen on our property, on our houses, Chase, yeah. uh, on our neighborhoods, on our electric lines. Uh, but one of our uh, sponsors uh, is, has, is, is a good part of trees. It's, it's called Fast Growing Trees. And basically it's the largest uh, online nursery in the world. Uh, so, you know, a lot of times it's hard to find these trees when you want to plant them and plant them on your property and things like this. So these guys are really good, uh, got a lot to choose from. You basically get a, uh, 30 day alive and thrive guarantee, uh, when you, when your plants get to you, or when your trees get to you. So they're going to give you a chance to make sure that, uh, that the, everything is like it's supposed to be. So what you do is, uh, through November fifteenth, go to fastgrowingtrees.com, dot com, and then fill is your code word, and you get ten percent off. So it's trees dot com slash fill, ten percent off, uh, and get you some fast growing trees or plants.
0: I was just saying, he's, he's spot on, spot on.
1: But I never, you know, I, I've I've read and studied that passage a lot of times, and of course, in the context of it, taught it and preached it, you know, and. You know, isn't this terrible about what was going on because you're weeding these Gentiles out? But I never brought it forward yeah, as yeah. you guys have, and yeah. you're exactly right, is that the very silence yeah. of, of not speaking yeah. truth then becomes a hindrance to the gospel. That's I mean, right. that's what's exactly the context uh, Matthew, of Matthew
2: happened. Henry made a comment. Uh, this is the commentator of Scripture. He's a phenomenal commentary. Uh, and Jason I read Matthew Henry's commentary. He said, by Peter's timid conduct on the circumcision, it led believers to think circumcision was necessary. Okay, just stop there for a second. Peter wasn't preaching circumcision, he wasn't endorsing circumcision, but he wasn't speaking the truth against this narrative that was set against truly the gospel, and so the weaker believers the younger Christians were being led astray. That's what's happening in our churches. We well, got and, mega churches right now. Yeah. We got mega churches right now. They're not dealing with abortion. They're not dealing with gay marriage. They're not dealing with homosexuality. They're not dealing with pornography. We're not dealing with these issues. And so, what's happening is in the quiet, of someone's heart, in the quiet of a sinner's heart, like I know me when I was a young man, in the quiet of my heart, if I didn't hear my dad and some of the pastors in my life, if I didn't hear them in my ear saying, uh-uh, no, don't you be running around with that girl. That's not right. That's not God's best for you. That helped keep me on the straight and narrow. But if we're not dealing with these things, then these
0: kids, no wonder they're struggling for truth. You mentioned fear a while ago. Uh, it says... uh when he, Peter began to draw back and separate himself from the Gentiles because he was afraid of those who belonged to the circumcision That's it. group. The That's fear it. was there. Y'all mentioned that, being fearful. that well, What's the left-wingers going to say about it? Well,
1: yeah. When you think about that, was already we know that was a weakness of Peter's yeah. because the night Jesus died— why did he deny him three times? Fear. Fear. Because yeah. maybe he kept saying, I, you know, I never knew him. Blankety-blank, I never knew him. I mean, he <laughs> built up out of that fear. That was his... And so you're saying the same thing. Oh, yeah. And
2: well, to... and circumcision just happened to be the issue That's at their right. time. right. That's so right. people that... Pastors that would come out and say, well, you know, Jesus didn't ever mention homosexuality or Jesus didn't mention... Look, he, he didn't mention pedophilia either. Right. He didn't yep. m- mention snorting uh, lines of cocaine. That's he didn't right. mention those things. But we have to look at what is, what is the issue of the day? Where is it that... That Satan has his stronghold where he's putting his thumb down and says you can talk about anything you want just don't talk about that and if you talk about that I'll take you, then I'll got. take you out you know so what does Satan seek to do rob to kill and to destroy what does he yeah. want to do he wants to rob to kill and to destroy look if he can't take your physical life what he wants to do is take your reputation yeah and I'm telling you for a lot of the celebrity Christians out there they will tell you their reputation is more important they'd rather be a martyr than to actually lose their reputation online
0: we're fixed to find out in about two or three weeks
1: yeah
0: how america views all this mm-hmm.
1: yeah i hope they choose wisely because the latest issue of the day is of course race identity yeah uh critical race theory and we've been talking about a lot on our podcast i'm sure you guys have been talking about it yeah, as well. of course and so that's that's the latest and you're right the same people because because i i went to a, a some kind of summit uh last year and so it was mostly attorneys because it was uh ADF, you know, and, yeah. s- and the work they do. Amazing work. Those guys are fantastic. Someone had the vision to know we were going to be battling this in court a long time ago. Yeah. And so with the vision, they've got these these brothers and sisters lined up. So they had some pastors at the thing. And so I went in. I thought, I'll oh, sit in on that. Because I was a free Lance. I, they, I was just an invited. So I was kind of drifting around and different things and watching, listening. So there's some pastors in there, and I went in there and sat down. I thought, well, that's interesting. Kind of hear what they think about. It. Well, they started. It starts around the room about social justice, about all these terms I'm hearing. And these are these are mostly, and they're in California, and all these different states. And I didn't know any of these people, but mm-hmm. they all have big churches. And when I was hearing them, nobody was talking about the gospel truth. How do we, you know, how do we break this satanic stronghold? It was all, you know people have been oppressed and it's time for us to you know break people free and talking all about governmental stuff and Mm -hmm. and, and it really just it shocked me because you know there were 30 or 40 pastors in that room and i i heard very few that were having the conversation we're having today Mm -hmm. at all Mm -hmm. and so i thought you know what we may be in trouble here if the if these are these are supposedly god's people that are saying these things but when this thing gets to a tipping point I think they're going to go with him. Oh, man. And, and that's what we're exactly what we're seeing yeah. in this moment right now. Hundred percent. And do you remember when
2: Balaam uh,
1: was approached
2: by the king's men, uh, Barak, and they said, "Hey, we want you to come with us, and we want you to cast a curse down on the Israelites." And Balaam, you know, goes to God, and God's like, uh, "Why are you asking me that? No, of course not." You know. And so Balaam goes and says, "Ooh, God won't let me." Yeah. And so they come back and they ask him, and they they, they up the ante, right? And now, obviously, we know from the story that Balaam had it in his heart. He wanted the he wanted the gold. He wanted the platform. He wanted that position in in Barak's, uh, uh, kingdom. And so he goes back and asks God, and God says, "Yeah, go," you know. And then <laughs> on his way, the the angel shows up that's going to take him right out, right. And I just think about that right there is that God. Oftentimes, when when God allows you to move a certain way. It's because it's already in your heart, but it's not the direction God wants you to go. And so I hear uh, about this pastor, big time pastor in Nashville that said, look, I've been praying for two years about what God thinks about sexuality. And now I'm endorsing same sex marriage. And I instantly thought of Balaam. You don't ask God about something he's already spoken about, because if you do. He may very well say, fine, go ahead, but it's going to end up on a bad yeah, and day for you. And that's what's that's happening critical. with critical race theory, and it's crept into the church. Listen, in Christ, that's the key, those two words, in Christ, there is neither slave nor free, Jew, male nor female, Jew nor Gentile, right? We are all one. There is one. no oppressed oppressor. That, that we future. are all one in Christ, and here in America, it's not our system. See, we have a structure of government that is the people running the the nation, right? Right. And so if there are issues, it's the heart of the people. And when we bring the gospel, I love what Martin Luther King Jr. said, the church must be reminded that it is neither the master nor the servant of the state. Rather, it's the conscience of the state. And if we're not speaking this very clearly, then here's what we'll find. This is the same spirit that reared its head uh, back in the civil rights movement when, thank God, we overturned the nonsense, Jim Crow-era nonsense right. that was horrible, that kind of stuff. But here's what we had. Which, by the way,
1: We're, was uh, Democrat. hundred percent. Uh, was the Democratic, Democratic Party. I mean, it was, it was doing it back party. then as well. Let's 100%. take one last break and then finish that up.
2: Okay, so what we found is, you know, 60 years ago, 70 years ago, thank God Martin Luther King Jr. and the Church of Jesus Christ rose up and they marched peacefully during the day. Today, it's the same foul spirit that wants to bring division and disunity to rob, to kill, and to destroy, and BLM is marching violently at night. It's two totally different spirits. It's the difference between Martin Luther King Jr. and, and Malcolm, Malcolm X. X. Right. We don't celebrate Malcolm X today. We don't have a Malcolm X day in America today. But he and Martin Luther King Jr. felt the same thing. They saw the same thing, right. but they had two totally different paths one forward. One held the Koran, one held the Bible. That's right. But now you look in here today, look, there are things that we can walk through, we can talk through, we can make changes. But the problem is, is now we don't even have the voice of an MLK anymore. It's nothing but Malcolm X, violence, protest, destroy. And you ask him, what's your vision for the future? what's your vision for the future we'll defund the police do this do that well just walk through any walk through any city street and talk to a normal it doesn't matter if you're white, african american, asian, hispanic do you want the police defunded heck no I mean, what? Who, who, who are would, you going to call? That's right. Right. Okay. So, law and or what it is, it's an attack. And this is my this is my final sermon piece before I take up a love offering <laughs> from my brother here, <laughs> who's been learning so much. <laughs> but but here's what it is: you go to the Garden of Eden. Okay, in the garden, we see how God created things. Did He create gender in the garden? Yeah. Yes. Did He create marriage in the garden? Yeah. Yep. Did he create human sexuality in the garden? Yeah. Thank God. Did he create work (laughs) ethic? He told Adam to cultivate the garden, right? He gave Adam rights. He gave him all this stuff in the garden. Then, of course, sin came in, and it separated us from God, and then Christ comes, and he heals everything, but it's not ultimately healed until he returns the second time, right? Okay. So all of that, Jesus teaches us to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on Earth. earth as it is in heaven. Okay. You look back at the garden, and you see we have civil society here in America. God has given us all of these things. He has given us government so that mankind can interact peacefully in a fallen world, right? Yep. And, he, and, and God gives us this, and so what's the attack today is on God's design. Anything that resembles the image of God, there's, well, there the attack will be. That's right. You're not seeing attacks on other stuff. That's why you don't see a, a Muslim baker. Stephen Crowder took a video to seven Muslim bakers and said, bake me a gay cake. I want you to bake me a cake for a gay wedding. Every single one of them said no. Well, I think there was one that said, or one or two that said, uh, I, don't, I don't know. But the one guy's like, get out. He literally, you see him on video, get out. And, and yet, yeah, why, why is that <laughs> not, like, why doesn't that make headlines? Okay, yeah. Because here's the deal. The, the attack today is on the image of God. That's what the attack is on. So you can't talk about marriage. You can't talk about human sexuality. And now what's happening is God creates, he creates man and woman. He gives us the skin color he gives us. This is an identity that he gives us. And now the devil is going to absolutely attack that, rob, kill, destroy, bring division, disunity with no hope for the future. This is where... Christian believers have to be. that's why we are alive today. That's right. (laughs) right.
1: God put us here to be the people that would stand against this. In that moment. And raise up a banner of truth. And to find each other, which is what we've been talking about. We've uh, got a few minutes left. I want you to tell the audience about what you're doing with uh, entrepreneurship. Yeah. Because that's a pretty cool thing. So
2: a lot of people know why we got fired. Right, right, but they don't know why we got hired by HGTV in the first place. Right. So we say the same thing that got us hi- got us fired, is what got us hired. Mm-hmm. It was faithfulness. We tell believers all the time that faithfulness in your walk, or excuse me, faithfulness in your work leads to promotion, but faithfulness in your walk leads to persecution. So just buckle up and get ready for it. You don't, you're not the one who's in charge of the persecution or the promotion. You're just in charge of faithfulness. Therefore, David and I, after we got our rear ends tossed by HGTV we kept building businesses and we've discovered, you know, the way to do it. I mean, we're serial entrepreneurs have built companies worldwide. And one of our companies that we built over in the Philippines right now still has uh, over 1200 employees. So we know how to do it. And what we started to do is we felt that God wanted us to take our intellectual property and download it to other entrepreneurs. And so we created a product called expert ownership. Uh, it's a Little course that we created that'll help you build and grow and sustain a business, but then we have Expert Ownership Live coming up where we're bringing you guys on to talk with us. Then they're on there, yeah, yeah. buddy,
1: John Maxwell. Can't on there. wait. We're we're swimming in the deep water. Yeah, right the, there. The, the, the
2: founders of OtterBox are on there, and and really what we're what we're tackling is how do you serve God, thrive in business, and succeed in life in today's culture, and how can you own a business without it owning you? We talk about systems, we talk about team building, we talk about money management leadership, all of these things, because being really good in business, in all honesty, at the end of the day, is one of the things that helped us to stand strong, Uh because we already had businesses that were running themselves and were wise with our money. So we had passive income exceeding our living expenses. So when HGTV pulled the plug on us, they didn't pull our financial plug. Uh We were in a position where we could stand because we weren't beholden unto anybody. And so we want to help other people get to that point.
1: And that's what I love about you guys is because part of this whole other side of movement, you see people that don't want to work, yeah. that want to just get a check and cause mischief. And, you know, just that's their life goals. And mm-hmm. they're still with their parents and they're like 35 years old. So I like not only are you true to your faith, true to the word of God, but also that part, which is biblical principle that built America. That's right. And from the beginning, it was that kind of work ethic. It was that kind of understanding what it was about. So I like it. It's not just like, hey, we're just going to preach to you. We're going to preach to you, but we're also going to show you Help how you. to build things. That's right. How to hire people, how to make money, and how to have a system that works, You know, which is a beauty. You know? we, we actually just
2: recorded, and it's not done yet, but expert
1: ownership the early years. And we talked to 16 to
2: 24-year-olds, mm-hmm. and we say, here are 12 modules, 10 minutes each, on exactly what you need to do to be valuable, to be faithful in the little things, to produce more in value than you take and pay, and all these things that we talk about. And we just walk them through it. And we say, if you do exactly
1: what we say, you will never lack for a job, yeah. ever. That's awesome. So you guys do a podcast too, right? We do. What what's Expert Ownership. We, Ex- you know, we
2: really got creative with that name. Yeah, <laughs> Stuck with
1: Expert well, Ownership. Well, you're building that brand. So I know, because I know a lot of our uh, listeners are going to check you guys out after hearing you today. So I have to, I guess I'll close with this, that... That the Benham brothers talked as much as Jace, but it wasn't as bad when you had two people doing it, maybe. Was uh, that the deal? Is it? They were on
0: a little bit different wavelength <laughs>
1: than Lone Wolf McQuaid. Lone Wolf McQuaid. What a two for one trade for Jace. Well, I, I, I love you guys, and, and we've gotten to be really tight. Whenever I'm in your area, I always stop by for a visit. This is your first time to West Monroe. You got some great Cajun food last yes, night. Oh, uh, my goodness. These two guys, you know, they're big workout guys and all that, but uh, they had to work out extra hard today to work off some of the meat pies oh and my whatnot. God. So. <laughs> Boudin bowls. Boudin balls. Never had one of those before. Right. Well, anyway, it's great to have you guys and uh, safe travels. Thanks, man. brother. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube.